Good evening, good afternoon, good morning, however, wherever, whenever you're listening. This is the Root for Wisconsin Show, episode 9, and I'm Eric Fisher, the Big E, joined in person once again, Ramsey Thompson, in the Mean Your True Value and Riverwood Gallery studio. What's going on, fellas? And once again by Zoom, Justin Dahl. Justin, how are you doing? I'm not even going to rag on you for joining us by Zoom this week. I am. What the hell? Man, I got I got some basketball stuff I got going on, and then, that I had to had send some stuff out for the program for for the game on Friday, and just uh, uh, got a little bit of a cold that I'm developing, and I just figured it was best to stay home tonight, get off of the get off the uh, the snide early, and get a couple extra Z's, and and. Uh, Kind of get get prepared for the game on Friday. So you mentioned a game. What are you? What the hell are you talking about, bud? Yeah, what's this? Well, we're we're now in the playoffs. Woo! Right? We're playoffs. Not, we're talking about playoffs. Playoff. We got that Jim Mora player. No, that wasn't Jim Mora. Yeah, it was. It, it was, was Jim Mora, wasn't it? Jim Mora senior. Yeah, senior. See, now that's why I felt weird. Uh. So we had our first playoff game last night uh, at home against Crivets. Who? That was Crivets. Who? That was a that was a nice win, uh, about a thirty point. They scored a few buckets at the end. We were up, we were up pretty handily for a while there. Point below. Uh, but but uh, of what turned out to be a very special night for one of my players and all of our seniors and. So, would you talk about that special night? Yeah, by the elaborate, player, Justin. You can't just say things like yeah, that and not go on with that. Not elaborate. Like it was a team win, but the. Brag, talk yourself up. Talk your shit, man. Talk your shit. Well, yeah, I mean, we, not mine. You know, it was uh, we have, we've got a great post player. We've uh, Aubrey Bush. She's, she's uh, played some tremendous basketball for us over four years. She uh, broke the girls' scoring record last night. Uh, she's currently at 1,320 points. Wow. Um, wow. And then she became the first player ever in school history to surpass 1,000 rebounds, obviously becoming the first player to ever be 1,000, 1,000 in each category. And that's so, an incredible stat from yeah, that's, that's <coughs> a high school athlete of any – any division, yeah. any conference. Yeah, yeah she's she's a tremendous basketball player. She's a tremendous kid. Uh, when we're talking about colleges and stuff like that uh, and where she's going to go, where she's going to play, um, her, for, her first thing she says uh, when talking about that is, I really like this place. It's uh, they they got a great program that I'm interested in as in academics. So it shows the type of type of kid she is top of the class academically so you know just super proud of the kid super happy that her last game in her career on her court uh was able to go that way and uh what a fairy tale ending on your home court so just a special night nice. yeah and we'll, you know, awesome. we'll we'll keep things positive here for you justin i uh understand you had the gender reveal last week for your your newborn coming up here how'd that go Yep, yep. Looks like I might be staying in the girls' coaching position for a while longer, nice. maybe uh, 20, 20 years or so. You know, I don't know who knows. Nice. Uh, but, uh, yeah, 
we've we've got the name picked out. We we've had the name picked out for a long time. Uh, so boy or girl, are you allowed to release so, the name yet? Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah, it's not. I would. I wouldn't. I wouldn't release it yet, even though you're allowed to. I I, I think you should. Yeah. I don't know. I think we should you're make people. Justin. I think no, we should make people hang on to a little. I while. think. I think here's what I think we can do. Here's what I think we could do, boys. Okay. If we could get one of our listeners, one of our listeners to go on to our Facebook or Twitter page and correctly guess the name, we could have a gift. We could we could have a prize for them. Okay, we're gonna give them a hint or anything like that. Like how we're, are they just gonna have to guess any name out of the blue or what do you want to well, feel the end here? Give them at least give give them give them some guidance. Some guidance. Yeah, little guidance All here. Right. The initials, the the baby, the the girl will go by JJ. Ooh. So it will be JJD. Okay. Is that a big enough hit? I, I think that's perfect. I think that was so, even more than I would have gave. Now, do they have to get the first and middle name right or just the first? Well, I mean, it's if your the contest. baby's going, if, if we're going by JJ, I, I would think you got, you got, you got to get it all right. I mean, come on. That's more strict than I would probably go personally. But I mean, if we're encouraging people to try to win here. I would maybe just go with uh, the first name. If they get both right, I mean, I think you can double up with that prize a little bit, eh? Yeah, so, yeah, let's do it. Okay. I like it. We have an undetermined prize for a baby to be born's name. Well, how many goddamn gift cards we got left? We got, didn't you say you got thousands of them or something? Hey, this is Ram- those are Ramsey's gift cards, not yours, bud. <laughs> just trying to give away <laughs> Ramsey's stuff. Yeah, giving your gift cards away. We will give something away. When is when is this day, when is this kind of soon end? When it's born. Oh, okay. Oh Christ, you're talking middle of summer. I think that's fair. I mean, gotta grow the audience, and they come back and listen to episode nine here. You know, new audiences feeling, come in. I have, I have a feeling, boys, that one of our listeners is gonna get it pretty fast. So, who is ineligible to win? Yeah. That's that's probably the most important part. Who's not allowed to guess? Obviously, the three of us, because we all know. Us, my, you know, my wife can't win. Okay. <laughs> fair, I suppose. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's fair. I would say family. Your family. My family, yeah. My family knows. Okay, so our families could win. So, Mr. and Mrs. Fisher, yeah. Mark, Hannah, you're listening. You guys are fair. Mm-hmm. Haley, Mel, Mel, Leah, Josh, Megan. Who Scott. is asking for a shout out? Yeah, shout out Megan. Who's for a shout out? Shout out Megan. So anybody else except your family and the three of us can win. Correct. Now right. one, just two things here. Two more things. We'll we'll move on here to the the reason that people listen. <laughs> totally kidding. Two more things. One, how did you do the reveal? Did you use an elaborate fancy or just open the envelope? I will tell you right now. We didn't do we didn't do a thing for the first one. We didn't do a thing for the second one. We just we are not those types of people with this big elaborate celebration and you got blue paint, you got pink paint, you got you know no. I appreciate that. Yeah. 
Yeah, no. I, I need more what? of the simple Guess things what? in life. It, it's a goddamn girl. We're having a girl. Thanks for coming. How you doing? See you later. I hope she listens to this one day in like, you know, five, ten <laughs> years. We're having a goddamn girl. Just great parenting. She's so wanted, isn't she? No. <laughs> No, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled, you know, because now I've got one of each and I can be done. And that's kind of what our career path is as parents. So we're going to be done after this. And my wife wanted a boy. So she was, uh, she was a little, uh, surprised when it was a girl. We'll just say surprised, uh, just because we have all the stuff for, for a boy already. Uh, she's got two boys, and so okay. Now we now we'll have to buy a whole bunch of girl stuff. And if our listeners, if you're out there, I'm not opposed to free stuff either. So hit me <laughs> up. I'll come and get it. I'm a cheap bastard. That's the way I live. So hit up Coach Tall. I completely forgot my other thing was going to be. So we'll we'll transition from there. <laughs> so from. From uh, Justin Dahl's life update here for the last like six minutes. Oh, one more update that okay. we probably need to hit. Okay. How was the truck? Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of hit. Oh. <laughs> oh. oh, I get it. Did you get my joke? <laughs> I know. Perfect. Took took her into the old Klein Auto and in Clintonville for uh, the old oil change and got the eighty five thousand point inspection. Came out, everything's okay. I might just live with a, a dent in the door for a little bit. And Isn't that letting the deer if, win, though? The deers. The deers. Isn't that letting the deers win? I'll wait for a hailstorm in, in the summer and leave the truck outside and claim that on the insurance. I don't think you can do that anymore now that you said that out loud. I could do Hey, I know my insurance lady quite well, all right? Quite well. I can do whatever the hell I want. Okay. I appreciate it. All right. I'm just saying the Roof Wisconsin <laughs> show is not liable for Justin's criminal actions. Got to put that out there. Anyway, so we move on from that. Uh, we have a little bit of business to talk about. And uh, that's some one of our partnerships, our main partnership at this point, going kind of forward here. We do have the Minger Riverwood Gallery and Minger True Value Studios here. Very proud to say that. From, from live into Pure Wisconsin. From li- live into Pure Wisconsin. Very proud to say that. We had the Riverwood Gallery Super Bowl party essentially downstairs on Sunday. Once again, thanks to Mel for putting on a great spread. We need, we, need to stop, we need to stop for a second and talk about this. Where are you going with this, Justin? Where the hell was my invite? Did we not invite you last week? Nobody, nobody invited me for the Super Bowl party. Would you have come? Hell yeah, I would have come. Whoops. Yeah. You guys are kicking me out of the band already. In uh, my honest defense, I didn't think that you would come even if we invited you. I am yeah, going well, to double down on that and say I don't think you would have either. Because you don't and even also... come to the podcast on Wednesdays. <laughs> hey, what? Hey, 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 once I saw once I saw the picture on Facebook, I was halfway down thirty two on my way to Ramsey's house. But you could have come. Yeah, what's you know the passcode? I turned around and said these. I turned around and said these motherfuckers don't want me here. I could have swore we invited you. That sounds 
I'll take. I guess I'll take the hit on that one. I could have swore we invited you. Yeah, uh, here I was, just guess sitting what? here with my your cold, wife and kids. Oh darn! My cold Bud Light with my wife and crying kid, trying to enjoy a Super Bowl game. I guess we just picked ourselves a bouquet of oopsie daisies. Yeah, you guys, you guys are just living in the high life. For future reference, every year there is a Super Bowl party. And this is your invite. <coughs> what about the Daytona 500? I so the, the Daytona 500. I have a man on the spot right now. Prior arrangements in the day. Uh, see, and, I didn't. I didn't so, know if the Daytona 500 was like your Super Bowl. It's it is. Super Bowl. It's actually bigger. And if it wasn't so, for this arrangement that I have on Sunday, I would be starting at about nine, getting on the couch, getting everything ready. I cannot do that this year. I will see the race, I believe, but I'm not sure when this prior arrangement's going to end. So, so Justin, why don't I mean I could I could go up north for a little bit. Why don't you host the Daytona 500 party? Come on over, man. Works for me. All right, so back to business instead of Justin's bitching. <laughs> we got a <laughs> partnership with a Monkey Knife Fight, and if you go to our Facebook page, you can get our sign up code. And they're giving you free money to sign up. And I was telling Ramsey about this a little bit before, because he hasn't quite joined the the page. He's going to. I'm going. I just, I've been. He's been busy. He's a busy yeah. man. If you can't tell, he's got prior engagements over the Daytona 500. Not over before. I'm just not sure when they're going to end. Can Can you just? I was I was on your side here, man. You I'll know? just say I haven't got to it yet. I'm working on. It. I'll okay. do it right now. I'll do it okay. right now. All right. Go to the Facebook page. Go to Root for Wisconsin. Use our sign up link. You use that sign up link. They're going to match your donation up to, or your, not your donation, your first deposit up to $50. So you put $50 down, they give you $50 as well. They'll also give you a free $5 game just for signing up because they like you and they like us. You know what the cool things about Monkey Knife Fight are? You play these other websites out there who they put you in all these big contests and you're playing against professionals and you're having to do salary caps. None of that crap with Monkey Knife Fight. Monkey Knife Fight, you basically play against yourself. They give you, you know, different odds to sign up with, different goals to hit. I was actually a winner on Sunday, won myself a nice little $7 prize on a $2 contest that I played. Prize was three and a half times my contest deposit. And $7 was mine, just like that. Didn't have to play it against other people, didn't have to play against pros who use formulas and all the other nonsense played against myself and i won so monkeyknifefight.com use our link on our facebook page and have some fun with it justin do you play any uh contests on sunday i did not i i know i said i was gonna try and uh get the coin flip situation but uh well luckily for honestly, you they didn't have that on there so it's it's honestly, strictly sports they didn't no, it's strictly sports, Justin. We're not some degenerate gamblers. This is daily fantasy sports. You're gonna have to edit that too. I'm no, I'm not. I'm not editing that part. This is the worst show ever. This is yeah, not great. <laughs> All right. Anyway, so yeah, so play some contests, have some fun, and win some money, courtesy of your friends here at the Reaper Wisconsin Show. So we go from that into. What we had rooted for this week, and we all just kind of decided we're going to do the Super Bowl. And uh, 
I guess we kind of went two for three here. Rams and I ended up being winners on that one. Go Bucks, yeah. go Tom Brady, and Justin, you look like a moron. I, you're right, but I will, in my defense, I will say I nailed it correctly when I said if those tackles for Kansas City couldn't hold up against the pass rush, call it a game. I did say that. We'd have to go back and I check the tape on that. He, but I will vouch they did say that. Okay. However, I would say this. Patrick Mahomes has now played in two Super Bowls and has had one good quarter. Yeah, I would agree. Did you hear the stat that he, through his scrambling, he ran for four. He ran four hundred ninety-seven yards through all of his scrambling. I did not hear that, but I don't doubt it one <laughs> bit. It's true. It's a true story. That's freaking amazing. Yeah, and we'll, so we'll get into that game. So that's just kind of reviewing what we had rooted for. We'll get to the Super Bowl here. A little bit later in the show. So we go from the good to the bad. Tyler Hero, Noogie of the Week. And Justin Ramsey, which one do you want to go first here? I got this one. I okay. got some beef today. All right. I'm calling it Doug Gottlieb. Okay. So um, many of you probably don't know this. However, I do listen to Colin Cowherd every single day. That is probably the one constant in my life. Listen to Colin Cowherd every single day. Colin had some health issues this week, so he's been out. Mm-hmm. Doug Gottlieb is on today. Yep. Doug Gottlieb did an entire segment bashing Russell Wilson about the comments he had about wanting in on player personnel. Okay. I'm going to say that as a terrible take. Russell, so I'm going to give you a little background. Russell yep. Wilson was on Dan Patrick on Tuesday, I believe. I thought it was Monday. Monday. Monday no, I think it was Tuesday. I think you're right. So it was Monday or Earlier this week. Earlier this week, Russell Wilson was on Dan Patrick, and Russell Wilson basically stated that he was frustrated with getting hit, and he would like, like, he would like the organization to talk to him about player personnel decisions. And he's not just complaining and bitching. He's been sacked 394 times in nine seasons, which is not anywhere close to second place. Like that, he's so far in front of everyone else. He's rushed, and it's Russell Wilson trying to make magic with lawn furniture. Pretty much. Granted, DK Metcalf's a special talent. I, I will admit that, but everyone else. Well, he's had special receivers, but that doesn't make up and justify not having a line Offensive to line get the throw to throw the ball and have the time to throw the ball. So Doug Gottlieb today did a fifteen minute opening segment on how wrong that was of Russell Wilson. He said basically to stay in your lane. Doug Gottlieb, that is completely wrong. If you work in any management situation across America, you have say in personnel. The quarterback is the manager of your team for the most part. Yeah. Pretty much he's going to be your vo- especially Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson's their vocal leader. He's their leader on and off the field. You watch a Seahawks game, he's up, running around, cheering guys on. He's the emotional leader. That's what he's, he is. He's the engine that makes that thing go. I don't, you made it sound like he was asking to make decisions on player personnel. That is not what he said. He said that he simply wants to be notified and maybe consulted about who they bring in. Not saying that he wants to make decisions, just simply saying, that he wants to be in conversations about people they bring in. So for you to bash him for that is completely not okay. Yeah, and I want to say, I'm personally, I, I usually like Doug Gottlieb. I'm usually on the right side. I'm completely out of him after that tape today. It was garbage. 
and the reason I say this, like I said, his I like his basketball takes. He's you know he knows a lot about basketball. He had this kind of same kind of hot take when Andrew Luck retired in the preseason, a couple years back now, and he's been kind of on a downward trend and just catching himself on the wrong side of his takes like this, and they're not good takes. And like I said, I understand what you're saying, but you're making a story out of something a guy said that when he's frustrated about getting hit. 300 sometimes in nine seasons. Literally his livelihood. That he's, yeah, and all he's asking for is the Seattle Seahawks to spend a little bit of money on the offensive line, to spend a little bit of money on weapons for him, to just put a little bit of money on the offensive side of the ball instead of trading for defensive players all the time, which they did what this season? They trade for two? Yes. So all he's literally asking for is like, hey, can we do something with the offensive line? I'm sick of getting hit. And that's your franchise quarterback. He has all the right in the world to say that. And you sports media people are the first people to bash athletes for not being or not being real. And the first guy that comes on real and says, hey, I don't like being hit all these times, you go on a bash? Dude, that's a bullshit take. Well, and I, I want to go further with that because I, I did dig up the tweet that he had when Andrew Luck retired. Retiring because rehab or rehab, retiring cause rehabbing is, quote, too hard unquote, is the most millennial thing ever, hashtag Andrew Luck. And, yeah, and when, when as Packer fans, and I'm not exactly on the whole anti-Troy Aikman thing, but Troy Aikman called him out and said, this is bullshit. When you have Packer fans, like myself included, who agree with Troy Aikman are on the right side of Troy Aikman, you know you fucked up. Yeah. And this was kind of that same general line of what he was doing again. And, and you know, as a guy who was a a, you know, different level of a pro athlete. I it's hard to see him taking these takes other than just to maybe get his voice out, and I don't quite get why he's doing that. Well, he's, you know what I mean? He's staying over Colin Cowherd, who has one of the nation's biggest shows, right? And you're using that platform to bash Russell Wilson for simply asking and saying, "Hey, I would like to be consulted on player personnel," right? Like, because it, it doesn't from the interview, it made it sound like he wasn't consulted at all on anything. Right. Like they just give him players and say, hey, make this work. Right. That's just a lazy take, Doug Gottlieb. So, I used to be a big fan of you. Not so much anymore. Yeah, Justin? Yeah, I mean, I haven't, I haven't gotten to listen to Doug Gottlieb in a long time, and I'm kind of thankful for that. I am not a big Doug Gottlieb fan. Uh, he did... He, he, he does know the game of basketball very well. Uh, it, it is nice listening to him talk about basketball, and that kind of seems to be his lane, and that's probably the lane that he should stay in. Um, it, it on on the flip side of what you were saying, Ramsey, I could I could see if his argument was to where Russell Wilson was saying can we spend some money on the offensive side of the ball? That's kind of a tough ask in, in a year where 80% of the league or 80% of the, the league's teams are going to have to cut so many guys to get back under the cap. So I, if that was, if that was where his argument was going to go, I could kind of see and, and listen to it, but it doesn't sound like that's the way it was going. It wasn't even that, uh, the fact that Russell Wilson said that he wanted to spend more money on the offensive side of the ball. Russell Wilson, yeah. all he had basically said was that he wants to be consulted <laughs> on player personnel and he's sick of getting hit all the time. 
Like it's not. Really? And Doug Gottlieb comes on here and makes it sound like Russell Wilson's just bitching because he's not getting his way. And, and I think Russell Wilson had a real moment with Dan Patrick, who was a great interviewer, by the way. Oh yeah, one of the Dan best. Patrick was one of the best in the business. He sets the standard for sp- what sports journalism yeah, is right now. Seriously, Dan Patrick is above and beyond a lot of guys that are currently out there. So, and Doug got, or uh, Dan Patrick gets a general or a real response from Russell Wilson. Genuine is the word you're looking Genuine. for. Genuine. <laughs> gets a genuine response from Russell Wilson, and then people want to go bash Russell Wilson about that. Like, that's just a bad look. And I'm, like I said, I'm, I was on the fence with Doug Gottlieb already. I used to like him a lot more than I do now. He seems to be kind of old and a little bit out of touch. Like I said, I think a lot of it is just him trying to get his take, like a hot take out there. I don't know. Like, especially with this Andrew, when it started with the Andrew Luck thing, and it's really kind of gone downhill from there. And I'm all about having a hot take. Like, you have a hot take, that's good. It's good for the business. It's good to get people talking. Right. But this is on the wrong side of it again. And this is twice now in, what, three years? Two. That I know for sure. And I bet you there's more. I don't listen to him ever. Yeah. Just when he takes over Colin Cowherd. And I kind of listen that first 15 minutes and turn it off and listen to music on the rest of the way home. That's fair. Justin, Who? Uh, what do you got for Nugget of the Week this week, buddy? I am taking... The Philadelphia Eagles, boys. Okay. I'm really curious where you're going with this. And I'm taking the Philadelphia Eagles on a couple aspects, all right? Okay. So, what was it? Last week now, the Philadelphia Eagles have came out and said that they are close to trading Carson Wentz. Yep. And they said a deal was imminent. And now, here we are a week and a half later, and they're still saying the same thing. So, if a deal's imminent, get the goddamn deal done, right? And on the other side of this, if you're going to trade Carson Wentz, why the hell did you get rid of Doug Peterson? Wasn't the whole Doug Peterson-Carson Wentz thing the, the, the whole reason as to why Peterson left? And now you're going to sink all your chips into Jalen Hurts? They, the Philadelphia Eagles right now are an absolute mess. They are, I mean, what a spiral from a team that was, what, just three or four years ago in, in the Super Bowl, winning the Super Bowl, throwing throwing footballs to big pole foals and, and, and holding up Lombardis. And now... They're in the gutter of the league. They ran. They might be. They might be right now. They might be ran worse than the Texans. I, I wouldn't go that far. Now, there's a couple things I wanted just to kind of to go on with you here. So I don't disagree that this whole saying the deal imminent thing and not having a trade announced is bad. I don't think that news came out till Saturday though. So it wasn't really early last week. We're right at like a week and a half. I think it's been, you know, like three or four days, which still is a long time in the sense of you say a deal's imminent. It's been about three or four days now. Not a good look as an organization, but not to the week and a half extent. As for the Doug Peterson, I think there was a lot there because I think Doug Peterson kind of got power hungry and wanted it like his way. And when they weren't going to concede everything to him that was his ticket out so i don't i wouldn't say it was strictly because of carson wentz 
I have a slightly different take. I think that it's the other way around. I think um, Doug Peterson wanted out. I think that... Oh, yeah. No, I, I wholeheartedly agree. Their general manager is um, Howie Roseman, correct? Yeah, I think so. Sounds about right. Um, the reports out of Philadelphia are that he's the power-hungry guy and that he's not giving any control over to anybody. And it sounds like Doug Peterson was on the outs with him. So I think Peterson wanted out. I think Wentz wants out because he had such a fresh relationship with the organization already. Well, you look at how that city's even turned on him at this point. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not a good place for him to be. Which, again, let's call it Philadelphia because Carson Wentz is a top 15 NFL quarterback who you're making get benched for Jalen Hurts, who was <laughs> average at best in college until he got to Oklahoma. And everyone works with Lincoln Riley. Like, let's not pretend that Jalen Hurts is the next coming. Right. Like, all the way until he got to Oklahoma, he was considered a a running quarterback, a guy who couldn't really throw it down the field. And then he got to Oklahoma, and he got he got into that uh, the spread offense and up tempo, and you know how Oklahoma is. And now, now all of a sudden he's a second round pick. It's just like like the whole thing from when they drafted Jalen Hurts to where they are now, like it. Uh, there are rumors out there that Peterson didn't or wanted Hurts, didn't want Hurts. I don't know which way it goes. It's one way or the other. But it just seems like from the top down, how they're being run right now is a complete shit show. And it needs to change because you have young talent there. Uh, you're not wrong. Yeah, I don't disagree. So now it's my turn. Nook of the week. And for the first time ever, we have a three-time recipient. Justin Dunn. No, I'm like half kidding. Um, just, I do, I do gotta say, I gotta give another shout out here to my friend Brianna Sabal, or Brianna Verhagen now, uh, was Brianna Sabalka maiden name. She is the athletic trainer at Wabino. Oh? And a Joe alum, one of my, you know, family friends growing up, known her since I was born. Okay. She had some comments to say this week, or this weekend. Oh boy. So, she started listening to the podcast Saturday morning on her way to the game, Justin. And uh, she stated, and she had told me, after the game ended, she couldn't listen to the rest of the podcast. Because after hearing your voice for coaching and the beginning of the podcast, she had to take just a little bit of a break. So Justin Dull out here costing us listeners, costing us business, is like my half nookie of the week. Again, I kid. Because if I'm actually giving a nookie of the week. Guess what? Guess what? She's not eligible. She is not eligible for the baby name gift. She I, cannot rise. I am eliminating her right now. Get out of here. How you doing? Keep it moving. She's one of our biggest here. listeners, Justin. This is not a good call. This is not this is not going to age well for you. you, you Brianna, you are eligible. I, I'm making you real eligible. <laughs> I'm going with Eric on this one. She has just, she has passed the show along to quite a few people. So, uh, I'm just kidding. Okay. I'm just kidding. I, I had to bring this up. I had to tell her because she's like, she's hey, like, well, I'm gonna. Hey, you ain't... She's not the only one that's been sick of my voice. You should listen to my wife. <laughs> oh. So I, I just joking with her because she told me this on Saturday, and I was sitting in the radio studio, you know, going back, you know, doing my job at the station. And I'm like, I'm gonna make him my nugget of the week for this. And I told Brandon this on Sunday, and she's like, well, I'm gonna finish listening to it. I'm like, Brandon, it's called creative license. 
Yep. I get to do what I want with the story. <laughs> so, all right. I think that's enough of the the negative bashing here. We'll go to our Wisconsin sports recap. We had Justin talk about some local actions. We'll kind of we'll work backwards. We'll work our way up. So we went from high school. Talk some college basketball right now. Uh, Wisconsin Badgers just continue to be in a state of limbo of like, are they good or are they not? Yeah, I mean, you play. They played Illinois this weekend. And Illinois is a good team. This is not take away from Illinois. But just at no point did they even look like they belonged on the same floor. Well, that's happened a couple times this year where they just kind of... Yeah. Meh. And, I mean, there will be games. I mean, they, they play some big games coming up here down the stretch. And can they be really good? Yeah, because like, the Big Ten is probably one of the best conferences in basketball this year. You know, you look at really the top six teams in the Big Ten... All pretty good. Mm-hmm. All yep. have been ranked or will be ranked at some point. Going to have a deep Big Ten presence in the NCAA tournament. But just, it's kind of infuriating when you sit here and you know they could lose to Penn State a couple weeks ago and then you know bounce back, win, then go and lose against Illinois. And then they could realistically beat Iowa in like a week or a couple days here. So you, it's just inconsistent, and I think they'll figure it out. I really do. <coughs> but it's just getting to a point where it's like, okay, what is this team? What's this team's identity? And I don't think, I think anybody I, knows. I, I think it's uh, just they're on a struggle bus. I, I don't think they have, I don't think they have the right the right mixture of minutes. I, you know, there's there's just a lot that needs to be figured out and. Uh, you know, they're 14 and six. I mean, it's not terrible, but it's, you know, you're beating the teams that that you're supposed to be beating and you're not winning big games. And not only are you not winning big games, but you're not, you're not, you know, in some of those, you ain't even competitive when you talk about the Michigan game and you talk about the game this past weekend against uh, Illinois, uh, you know, you just you can see that they're not in that that uh, that echelon of the Big Ten right now. It's concerning because they were, uh, you know, they were one of the favorites coming into. I think they need to uh, Potter needs to figure it out. But you know, I will say. This team, and I'm and I'm on record as saying it, and I don't like the way sometimes that uh, Trice is playing, and when he's pounding the ball on the floor, he does. The team does not play well, but this team will go as uh, Demetric Trice will take him, and uh, he he needs to figure it out fast in, in the leadership main guard role. Yeah, no, I I wholeheartedly agree with that, and I mean. I think Brad Davison needs to step it up the most, personally. Because as... When they get behind, and it ends up being Brad Davison taking a lot of shots that maybe he shouldn't be taking. I mean, you have you have such a good lineup of upperclassmen. And you just don't get the consistency that you would expect from upperclassmen all the time. You know what I mean? It's just... It's mm-hmm. kind of one of those things where I think they can figure it out. They have the guys to figure it out. They have a really good coach. It's just that something's kind of missing right now. And I, I don't know what it is. 
think it's the league guard. You know, you, you know, if if uh, if Davidson's not making shots and he's not the emotional leader, that that's kind of the the role that he is. Uh, that he feels so so well, uh, even with a crowd, and, and maybe maybe that's something that we haven't touched on is playing in front of a crowd and and, and uh, how much that that helps a senior laden team when there's no crowd around that it, you know, it doesn't uh, affect the, the freshmen, the sophomores as much as it would with a full arena. Um, but, you know, like I said, I, I, I really think that that Trice needs to be a, a better, better league guard and delivering the ball to, to shooters in, in, in better spots and, We'll see. I'm going to turn them on here in about 20 minutes and see if they can beat Fred Hoiberg and the Nebraska Cornhuskers. That's exactly what we're doing right now. Ramsey is on on the warpath here to get that figured out. So should we stay with the Badger program? Some little bit of news that came out of the Badger program this last weekend, really good for Wisconsin, I think, was that the fact that Jim Leonard's going to stay at Wisconsin. He's not going to take the Packers defensive coordinator job, which... I think he was probably the best fit for that job, but I'm really happy for the Badgers and for him as a person that he's staying at the college game. I really think that's a bad you know, move. What's that? If he was offered the job, he should definitely take it. Just throw it out there. I, I honestly, if you're asking me, I don't think he's an NFL defensive coordinator to be, to be uh, vocally honest with you. Uh, I, I, Sure, his numbers are great, uh, but if you realistically look at it, look at the teams that he's playing. I mean, it's you're you're not playing up and down the field kind of teams, uh, like in the SEC West or or uh, um, any any big spread option up and down the up and down the field type type of teams. You're playing Iowa, who's going to run the ball 30 times a game. You're playing the Nebraska, who who is trying to be that, but they're kind of reverted to running the ball 30 times a game because they can't really figure it out offensively, and the only way for them to move the ball is to do it that way. You're playing Northwestern, who wants to grind it out and play great defense with the defensive-minded coach. So... He's not really playing barn burner teams con- on a consistent level. Uh, and, and when you're doing that and you're playing some of the best foot, when you're playing the best football players on the earth, when you put them against uh, some of the fastest, best, most creative minds in, in the game of football, I don't, I don't know that he fits at the NFL level quite yet. And, and maybe that was some of his self doubt, and maybe that's why he uh, did not take the job that he, or he just sees a clear path to the the head coaching position at Wisconsin. So that says, I've got a great gig. I'm making them. I'm making one point one million dollars, and I'm never gonna get fired from here. And I've got a future head coaching job at a Power Five conference staring me in the face. So, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go on with that just a little. Like I said, I think it's a better career move for him personally to stay at Wisconsin because I think if he comes to the NFL level, I don't, I can't say if he's ready or not. I think he would have been, 
I think he would have been the best fit for the Packers. And the reason I say that is I think if you look at a lot of what he does as a defensive coordinator at Wisconsin, there's a lot of elements of what Mike Pettin's defense was, but it's more aggressive and it's truthfully, I mean, just results-wise is better at Wisconsin. And granted, that, speak, you know, that speaks to the recruiting culture of Wisconsin, that speaks to being able to develop the players of the way that he has into his system. There's a lot of factors that go into that, you know, him having such a great defense year in, year out. If he would have taken this, I think if he was going to go to the NFL, this would have been his spot to go. He's already in state. He's got a fan base that would have been on his side. And he has a defense that's already built to a scheme very similar to what he coaches. It's a more aggressive way that he coaches. And it's a, you know, there's, there's obviously different philosophical roles that he has. And I think it would have been a little bit of a, you know, a learning experience for the guys in Green Bay. But I think that would have been his chance to jump. I don't know if he's, you know, kind of lining up that head coaching job. I think there's just a big part of him he wants to stay in Wisconsin, stay at Madison. Whether that's going to be a coaching head coaching job or not, I think he's just got the loyalty of the Badgers and doesn't really have that loyalty anywhere else. So I think there's a couple things at fa- and at play. But ultimately, like I said, I think it's a better move for him as a coach right now. I would disagree with that. Anytime that you have the opportunity to advance, you should jump at that opportunity because the opportunity might not be there when you're so-and-so ready for it. And I think he is ready to be an NFL defensive coordinator, right? I think that if you are a good coach, it translates. Like, look at Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer could be a flop in Jacksonville, but... I mean, that's the risk you have to take. If you want to know how good you really are and you want to figure it out, go to the NFL and go find out. Well, Nick Saban. I mean, Nick Saban didn't make it in the NFL. Oh, that's not necessarily true. That team was what? nine. He had a 9-7 and seven team in Miami, and then the year after that, he didn't get any help. And It wasn't that Nick Saban didn't make it in the NFL. Nick Saban just got fed up with Miami. Yeah, he was nine and seven, and I think I think the year he left after the year he left, he was uh, six and ten or seven and nine. Yeah, it's not that he didn't make it in the NFL; it's just that he was in Miami and they weren't willing to make moves for him. Right, I I, I suppose, but ultimately, my point. I don't know if that was the role he wants to go. I think I mean I don't. He's at one of the top college programs in the country. Like, why you'll probably never see Dabo Sweeney go to the NFL. Might never see Lincoln Riley go to the NFL. Nick Saban's probably not going to the NFL ever again. I don't, I mean, I get the aspect of that the pros are the highest levels. But for college basketball and college football specifically, I don't think there's a need to go to that next level if you don't choose to. I, I get what you're saying. I just, I think we have such a high level of those sports. And especially if you're at a program. No, this would be different if we're sitting here like, okay, he could have taken the job at Wisconsin from like Whitewater. Or he could have been going like how, um, I can't think of the guy's name. Is it Jim Leopold? Coach who used to be at Whitewater, who is now with the Buffalo Buffalo Bulls, the MAC team. Lance. Lance Lance Leopold. Leopold. Thank you. So he transitioned from (coughs) D3 to D1. Went to a MAC team, and he's been in some hot, you know, he was one of the hotter possible candidates for a lot of those bigger jobs this year. 
And that's how you progress. I mean, there's different ways to progress, but you kind of go to where your loyalty is, too. And if you don't really feel that need to go to the NFL, and he wants to just be a college defensive coordinator, maybe even, as Justin said, has that college head coach job lined up whenever Chris steps aside, I don't think there's that inherent need to go to that other spot. I don't disagree. It's just that being, if it's me, I'm going to say I'm going to call from the Green Bay Packers. I'm not turning that down. I, uh, Regardless I would of probably, loyalty and whatever. I would probably agree with you, but when you have a loyalty as a, an alum to Wisconsin, he never played for the Packers. It'd be different if it was maybe like the Jets job, or I think he played, I can't remember where else he played. It was the Jets. Buffalo. Buffalo. You know, one of those jobs, oh. maybe. But I still, like, I still think that it's different because he's not like a Packers guy. He's a Badger. So we kind of look at it as being, you know, Badgers to Packers, like we're all fans of. You know what I mean? Like, this would be... So we're looking at the side, though, that he gets to the NFL and doesn't succeed. What if he gets to the NFL and is the next big thing? That, that's what I'm like, saying. I don't disagree like, That's with why that. you need to take your chance. Regardless of if you think you're 100% ready or not, sometimes you just got to jump that... Jump that gap and just go. But if that's not your goal, if that's not your prerogative, like, I mean... Then why why would you do it, though? If the goal is not to would, be... If the goal is not to win a Super Bowl or not to win a national title... Because even at this point, Wisconsin's not really close to a national title. Not, to, not within the near if, future. If, if, in your instant, Eric, why would you even take the interview then, you know? I well, mean, he said a lot of it was for experience, which I don't, I still don't ever get that. Like, why would you take an interview or interview for experience? But at the same time, like, I mean, I think it's kind of a situation where you, you entertain the conversation, you, then you kind of, you know, if you get the offer, or if it get the job offered to you, if you're kind of in that final three, kind of take a step and really evaluate what your goals are, where you want to be where you want your family to be, all that stuff. I, I don't think there's a harm in taking the interview, but I also think you kind of have to go in with, this is, you know, I'm not having the intention to leave Wisconsin unless I'm wowed, unless I just fall in love with this job. And I think that was maybe just even an eye-opening experience for him to be, kind of be in those talks and realizing, okay, I don't necessarily want to make this leap. Not, well, I, I, yeah, like I said, that's just I mean, my... I get it, but it's just... That's just my take. I'm not, you know, I wasn't in the room. I'm not inside Jim Leonard's head. I don't have a, a speed dial to him. I wish I did. That'd be pretty cool, wouldn't I wish it? I we could get him on the show. <laughs> that'd be a fascinating interview. Root for Wisconsin exclusive. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. But maybe one day. Someday. So, so the Packers made their decision with uh, Joe Barry. I can't say that I love it. But I think at this point, at least for coaching personnel... Gutekunst and LaFleur have earned the benefit of the doubt. I mean, Nathaniel Hackett ran the 31st ranked offense last year and turned that into the, you know, what he did with the Packers. And I think that's a lot to do with the talent that's here. But well, I'm going to say this and well, sounds super pessimistic. I don't know if LaFleur just gets the benefit of the doubt quite yet. I don't. He's, he's, he's coached admirably, right? Yep. However,. The two biggest games that he's coached in so far haven't really been anything that's to write home about. Well, I don't know if I so agree. I, I'm I not mean... saying I'm not saying that I think Matt LaFleur is a bad coach. 
I think he's a good coach. I'm just not 100% sold on him yet as someone that I should just give the benefit of the doubt to for without asking any questions on it. If it was Belichick, sure. I'm not going to ask questions because Belichick no, obviously is one of the greatest coaches of all time, potentially. However... Potentially. I think he's kind of proved it, but... <laughs> but Brady just won Super Bowl without him, and he had, what, 10 touchdowns? 10 passing touchdowns this year? So how much that system was Brady and how much was Belichick? I don't disagree. So, okay, but we're going back to it. I don't know if Matt LaFleur just gets better for the doubt just on. I'm still not sold on him, I guess. What makes you not sold on him? The, he wins games he's supposed to. The games he's not necessarily supposed to win, they lay duds. <laughs> he's, he's had three pretty, or two for sure. Remember last year in L.A.? And then last year against San Francisco twice, laid two duds. And then he, te- I would say he technically laid another dud in the NFC Championship game this year. He got outcoached by Bruce Arians, who I don't think is a great coach. I don't think you can blame the two San Francisco losses on him. I'm not blaming it on him, but he needs to be better, though. We're just going, he's winning games he's supposed to win, right? I think we can all agree on that. He's winning the games he's supposed to go and win. When was the last time he went into a game that he wasn't supposed to win and won? It's only had two years. Yeah, but you, you know, okay. you can you can say that, but you can't make that argument later and and say this is the NFL. Every week is you can lose. You you know you know the flip side of that argument. So I I think he's a damn good coach. I think he gets sure. I could agree that maybe he he got outshined in uh, in the NFC Championship game last year, but this year. I, I know you think he laid it up, but I thought he did a great job coaching his team back into the game. I really do. Uh, you know, just just some some bad defensive lapses, and he and he was a holding call away. Okay, but hold on. Oh. So let's reverse that a little bit. How many offensive possessions does Aaron Rodgers have in the second half that he did not score points on? He's not out there throwing the ball. Okay, but how many offensive possessions did Aaron Rodgers have in the second half of the game that they didn't score points on? Was it two or three? Matt LaFleur's still making play calls. like, Or he, he's still having saves in play calls, right? It's not – we can't just – it's not as <coughs> – Not on third and goal. He didn't make the fourth Aaron Rodgers made – Yeah, I, uh, Aaron I Rodgers made that call. I understand that – he's still not necessarily making plays, but are we sure that he's putting the team in the best position to win every single week? That, that's my other question. Are we sure that's actually happening? I think, he's a damn I, guess, good, I think he's a damn good coach. I just don't know if he's good enough to say, hey, I trust him 100%. Do you, I, I think... I think he's... I think... Oh, man. I, I don't know if I agree with you, Ramsey, on this one. I, I think he's... I think he's a tremendous young coach that's going to be here for... And I really as do. Long, as long as he wants to be. Me saying that, I hope I'm wrong. Like, I hope that me saying that, that I look like an absolute fool later. However, I'm going to say this. As of today, we're sitting, you know, in DePere, Wisconsin, in February after the Super Bowl, that we probably should have been playing and that we weren't. And Matt LaFleur has laid a couple eggs now that he got completely outcoached by someone that's, quote-unquote, probably a better coach than he is. And I don't think Bruce Arians is a better coach. And he kind of laid a dud against Bruce Arians. I think Shanahan out in San Francisco is a better coach. And I think that that kind of proved it. 
So I'm just I'm just putting that question out there. I'm not saying I hate Matt before. I'm just saying I'm not sold on him 100%. He's winning games he's supposed to. We needed that next step, though. Yeah. Oh, well, we don't have Todd Bowles on the sideline either calling defenses for us. So hopefully that's what Joe Barry can come back I and hope do. That's true. And, 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 you know, reignite his career from what was he, the associate head coach and the linebackers coach. And he was going to take the passing game coordinator job with the, with the chargers and follow Staley there. I mean, me personally, I wish they would have hired the other, the other Rams guy, just because I wanted to hear Ramsey say his name. Azario Bajario. Is that how you say it? I have no I, I've heard it once, I think. I couldn't tell you, but it, I'm not hundred percent sold on this on this as a hire. Well, we won't know for probably about six months now before we even see the team. We really won't have an idea until probably almost a year from now. I think you'll probably know by week five. Week five, you will probably know because we're going to have an off season this year. As far as we can tell, as of now, we're going to have an off season. Right, but you'll, you're still you going to have a lot of holdover from the other schemes. That's my point. Should, I'm saying that you'll know if he's a decent hire or not by about week five. I, I, you'll know. You'll, you'll have see an flashes. Idea. You'll see you'll flashes. See flashes. My, my point being, I don't, I don't even know that you're going to get the the right, the right read on this guy right away. Because he is certainly not going to have the same depth that Petten had this year, just because of salary cap. One of the one of the guys that they're talking about cutting two two big mainstays on on the on the Packers uh, defensive side of the ball, and Preston Smith and, and Dean Lowry, which they and, want, but they have to, to even get our salary cap space. Like they yeah, are, and that's, and that's my point. So I I'm thinking. If you're really going to get a good read on this guy and when you can kind of recoup that depth when when fans come back and salary cap, I think year two is probably uh, you're going to really, really be able to judge this well, guy. And, and, I'm gonna, and, and, and I'm going to go with Justin on that one. I think it's going to be probably – I don't know if you'll know for sure after the first season. I think you'll have a lot of glimpses of if it's the right idea or not. And not even for the salary cap, but you'll have guys, a lot of holdovers from the Petten scheme. You pick guys to fit that scheme, and now you'll have a lot of those holdovers on this roster. So I don't think it's necessarily fair to judge him based on one year. However, I can't say that his track record so far kind of warrants the job for him. Now, a couple of extenuating circumstances. Not when he was with the Redskins, formerly known as the Redskins, now the Washington football team. Oh, are we not going to throw him under the bus, Ramsey? I was letting you take this one. Justin, I was letting you take this one. Get him. Get him. Get him, Justin. Get him. When he was the coach there, it was the Washington Redskins. Oh, don't try to save it now. Don't you even try to These are the facts, Justin. No way. These are the facts. I'm driving. Hey, I'm driving under the bus, over the bus. I am driving the bus right over you right Don't now. Don't hit any deers, Justin. <laughs> My point being, he didn't have a great team there. He was the defensive coordinator of the 0-16 Lions, which 
also was 13 years ago now. And their leading tackler was former Packers backup Paris Lennon. So it's not like he had talent there either. So I I don't think you can hold him accountable for that at this point anymore. But at the same time, I, I don't see why they make that decision to a guy who's bounced around, who's kind of been... It's almost kind of like the Houston Texans coaching job. Instead of going for someone young, new, fiery, you go with an old stay who's been kind of a retread. And, I mean, you kind of know what you get, and you've got to hope that he can just take the talent that's there, which if you believe that you have top talent, which would, you know, Jair Alexander, possibly Rashawn Gary, Zadarius Smith, if you think he yeah. can use his system... Yeah to turn that talent to a different level and use that talent as your your base and build around that and really make something formidable, by all means, let it happen. I got to see it, though. I think. Man, I, I, re- I really agree with that. Uh, I thought, <clears throat> I think you're exactly right. I think I think the, the team that, uh, or the, the guy that the team needed to hire uh, was a young, energetic kind of mind that, you know, I get why people thought that Leonard was the right idea, but you go from Leonard in, in, in the type of charismatic attitude that he has or could be for, for a young defense. And then you go to this guy who is kind of, like you said, a retread. I, I would have thought that uh, the, there would have been some uh, different options out there, but it, it's it and and I guess it's kind of concerning that it, it it came down to these two guys and and uh, once your your main guy said no, that you just kind of settled and, and maybe didn't try to go back through your options again and and see uh you know what is the opposite of this guy? And is that the best that we could do on this side of the, the turn? You know, you guys know what I'm saying? And I got yeah, you. 100%. Let's talk about the fact though, with the Packers as of today, they don't necessarily need to have a great defensive coordinator. Cause I don't think Mike Pettin was a great defensive coordinator. Mike Pettin was just bad situationally. All you need is a competent defensive coordinator who is good situationally. And I don't know if this is the right hire. However, we don't, I don't, there's enough talent on defense today that it'll make it look a little better, I think, regardless. I agree. And that's what I'm saying is if he can take this team and kind of just, you know, have them buy into his system whatever that may be, and if they, you know, if he's able to take the top-level talent that he has and build around that and boost the other guys around those guys up, yep. then this looks like a great decision. We're sitting here maybe, you know, a year from now, talking about Super Bowl 56, Packers win, Rams and are probably still drunk from the game on Sunday. That'd be a week. That'd be awesome. That'd be just tough. Yeah. So That would have been, I would have been sitting at home with my... Hey, don't kids, don't you even not, care? Because Ramsey not, invited not you to all invited, Super Bowl parties going forward. Not not invited to the party. Ramsey already yeah. invited you to all Super Bowl parties going forward. I don't I don't want to hear that anymore. <laughs> like if you know where I live, 
Like you basically have an open invite. Like you can just stop by. So you yeah. said it on the podcast. Yeah, that's that, pretty much anyone that knows where I live currently as of today. I would not be opposed to them stopping in for a Super Bowl party. Yeah. So <laughs> that's like what you said there. That's like the fine print at the end of a like a like a credit card ad for a Super Bowl party. Anybody can stop over at the house for a Super Bowl party. If you know the passcode, you're always welcome. <laughs> I can say I do. If you, there, if you know the passcode, you can walk in basically whenever you want. And I'm not going to. Pretty much. So we'll go from the, the Packers. We'll look at the Bucks for just a second. Since we talked last week, Bucks are on a five-game winning streak. Yeah, and look at these guys, to kind of huh? 16-11. Are they start? Are, can we have that conversation where they're starting to kind of figure things out? Ramsey? Yeah. The Bucks have problems. People need to admit they have problems before we can <laughs> fix the problems. There's a head coaching problem. You have a superstar problem, and you have the most overrated player in the league problem. You need to fix all those problems. You need to admit those problems are real before you're going to be able to win a title. I can go on record saying that the Bucks are not going to win a title this year because they will not admit of their problems they currently have. Justin? Well, I think I, I, think I pretty plainly expressed my, uh, my thoughts in a nice little uh, uh, text I sent you boys in the group chat. Uh, and you realize, you realize our listeners are not in the group chat, right? What's that? You realize our listeners are not in our group chat. Yeah, I know. I'm trying to get it. <laughs> Here we go. Here it is. Players this season with at least 20 points per game, six assists per game, and shooting 40%. 40% from three. There's two of them. You know who they are, Ramsey? One of them's one of them's the best number two in the game, and that's Chris Middleton. All right? They're starting to figure it out. They're getting the ball in Chris Middleton's hands. They're, they're not dependent on Giannis to do everything anymore. They got the best number two in the, in, the, in the game. I agree. I agree with the coaching deal. I don't think Budin, I think, you know, your take, your take on, on LaFleur and whether he can win us the big game or not, I think I I would say that about Budenholzer. I don't think Budenholzer can win big games. I I think he's been out there and he's proven that over the last couple of years. And uh, you know they might need a change there, but it's exciting that these guys have have turned it around from uh, from the last time we got to talk about them in a couple of good wins. And uh, yeah, you know you know they're what, rocking Justin, and rolling. I think this might be the first time I ever agree with you on a Bucks tape. The Bucks do have the best number two in the league. <laughs> they do. His name is Giannis even, Antetokounmpo. Don't even, don't even go there. His name is don't Giannis Antetokounmpo. Giannis <laughs> is the best number two in the league. You're he's, telling me, so as of today, you're telling me you're going to give a max contract to a guy who's averaging 26 and what, four? Are you looking what? at me for this? I, I forgot the rebound number, but... A guy who's scoring 20 points a game, that's who you're going to give a max contract to? Well, Christ, they're giving max contracts out to the guys who are scoring nine points a game. Giannis right now 
is averaging 27 points. He is averaging 11 rebounds. And I don't have his list here, but point remains. What is Chris Middleton at? 21, 6, and 6 or something like that? Not even, probably? Sounds about right. That's what I'm saying. Chris Middleton... So, the the major problems the Bucks have currently, obviously coaching, and I agree with Justin, I don't think we win the big game. Uh, Chris Middleton has 20.8 points. Um, let's see here. Rebound, 6.1, and 6 assists. Giannis has 5.6 assists. So, but, so, that's the other problem with Milwaukee right now is that your max contract guy has average numbers. No, I agree. And uh, I don't know, like I said, I, I don't know if I'd quite say that. I don't know, like I said, I, I do agree with the coaching thing. I don't know where I fall in the Giannis Middleton debate. I definitely agree that his contract is bad. And I, like I said, when he re-signed that contract and he signed that max deal, this being Chris Middleton. Mm-hmm. When Chris Middleton signs that deal, he you paid him because you had to pay him if you wanted to keep him around. Because the way that he's he was trending was he's either going to get a super max of the Bucks or he's going to get a max deal elsewhere. I'm not saying that was the right decision. I'm just saying that was the nature of this. That was the reality of the situation at the time. Do we really think he would have got a max deal for? Do you think? The, yes, he would have got a max deal from Detroit. Sure. Like the perception of the NBA community as a whole. I mean, he's an All Star every year. Whether or not he deserves that, that's a different discussion. But the fact remains that the perception of the NBA community is that he's on that same caliber. Sure, but Damian Lillard was an All Star last year. I, this, I'm not tell, disagreeing. You can't I'm, this tell is, me that I I'm mean, not Chris disagreeing with you. A better player than Damian I'm Lillard. just telling you what the NBA community says and thinks to the point where if Chris Middleton becomes a free agent at that point, which he did, if the Bucks wanted to keep him around, which they did, you know, clearly they signed him for a max deal. The reality of the situation was you either offer him a max deal or somebody else was going to him. I'm not saying it was the right decision. I'm just saying that's that's the reality of the situation. Fair or unfair? That is a fair statement. However, I believe it was the wrong choice. I, I at this point, I probably do too. But the reality of the situation was they wanted him to stay around. They had to pay him. Because what Chris Middleton, that contract to you, Chris Middleton, handicaps the organization. They handcuffed it to Chris Middleton. Because Giannis... And say what you will about Giannis, and I'm sure this is a real great take in the state of Swanson, but Giannis Antetokounmpo <laughs> is a limited superstar. I don't think that's a. I don't think that's that hot of a take at this point, though. I mean, I, I think the playoffs last year really kind of exposed that. Yep, you can marginalize your superstar. As soon as you can start marginalizing superstars, you can't win titles. Right. So the Bucks right now have a head coaching problem. They have a marginalized superstar, and you have probably the best number three in the league that you're paying a super max to. Those three issues are going to... No, he's a number three? He'd be the best number three. I think he's probably the best number three in the league. Who? Giannis? Chris, Chris Middleton. Giannis, oh, okay. Giannis is the best number two in the league. However, I will say that there's probably only... Three or four true number ones, probably yeah. run around today. So being the best number and two, and the Lakers the league, have two of them. I think that AD is probably a two. AD didn't win anything until LeBron showed up. 
Superstars that win by themselves that are in the league today. LeBron, Kevin Durant. I think you could probably make an argument for Steph Curry. How can, how can you say Kevin Durant? Because he has two rings, an MVP. He took Oklahoma City to a finals. He's, Kevin Durant has won everywhere he's been. Granted, he's played on some good teams, but every... Stack teams, really. Sta- sure, that's fine. You, everywhere. Was, but everywhere he plays, he is competing for titles. Giannis isn't competing for titles. Kawhi Leonard's probably true number one. So you can probably make an argument there's probably about five players in the league right now that are number one, a true number one. That are, outside of the, when they play LeBron, the best player on the floor. There are nights where Giannis is not the best player on the floor. I'd agree with that. And that's that. So you you have a marginalized superstar, you have the best number three in the league, and a bad coach. That well, we all don't think can win can win a big game at this point. So take that as well, Bucks fans. Damn. Damn. All right, Justin. Any parting thoughts here before we kind of move on to some other topics? No, I think if we go, we're going to keep going for a long, long time on this. So all right, it so, might be better off just to move on. All right. So I'm sure we'll hammer the Bucks more as the I season goes wait. on here. We'll either see if Ramsey's right or if Justin's right. Really, this is kind of that end-all, be-all year. I think you have to really figure some stuff out about your franchise. So as the season goes on, one of you two is going to be right, and that's just the reality of the situation. I truly think last year was a tell-all year. Well, I, I'll I'll come out and I'll say it. I don't think that the Bucks are going to win the title this year. Like I said, uh, we'll, I don't. We'll know I what, think I think they'll go to the I think they'll go to the conference finals though. Okay. Well, like I said, we'll see. We'll have plenty of of time to go through that here as the season goes on. There was a pretty big game this last weekend. We've kind of referenced really? it a couple times here throughout the show. Uh, the NFL okay. championship. You know, kind of the season wrapped up. Tampa Bay wins a Super Bowl. I shouldn't say another Super Bowl. Tom Brady wins another Super Bowl. How bad does Belichick look right now? I don't know if Belichick looks bad, per se, personally. I don't get get why Belichick looks bad. I don't get... You know, Ramsey, you're not the only one that's saying that. I I just don't get... I don't get that argument. The guy has has eight rings. He's won eight Super Bowls, six as a head coach and eight as or uh, two as an assistant. The guy doesn't look bad. The guy's a damn good football coach. In fact, he's one of the best to ever do it. There's no way that he looks bad because his old quarterback went and won a Super Bowl with a guy that's a damn good coach himself. So I don't get it. I, I don't get the argument. That. I think Bruce Arians is an average head coach in the NFL. And they didn't start winning until Bruce Arians started giving more control of Tom Brady. Like, so let's hit back on Bill Belichick real quick. Bill Belichick has not won without Brady. As a head coach in the NFL, he's won with Tom Brady, and that is about it. This is also year well, really year one of him being a. That's fine. I, I'm just saying, in so far in Bill Belichick's career, which has not been without Tom Brady very much, but. They have not won without Tom Brady. See, I don't, I don't like to take that it was a Brady versus Belichick thing, and this is you know Tom Brady being ha ha ha. I totally screw agree. you, Bill Belichick. We won, or I won without you. 
I, I don't like that. From the sheer perspective of, you know, as Belichick said, I'm not trying to make excuses. I know he's not the type to make excuses either. The reality of the situation is that when Tom Brady was there up until really last year, because last year they, you know, stumped out of the playoffs in, in opening round. Up until that year, they had been so all-in financially and talent-wise that there was bound to be a step back at some point. Yeah, and, and that all came to fruition this year. I mean, half their defense opted out. They had Cam Newton playing quarterback, which this isn't a shot at Cam Newton. The reality is he's not as good of a quarterback as Tom Brady. And Cam Newton also had to miss weeks because of COVID. So when he's out, I don't even, I can't even tell you who started those games off the top of my head. Was it Brian Hoyer? Brian Hoyer's a fucking bum if it was. Or Stidham. Even more of a bum. I don't think Stidham dressed half the games this year. So my point remains here. I don't think it's like a this versus that kind of comparison. I get the 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 fun that it is to make that take, make that argument, and being you know kind of just look at it and be like, ha ha ha, Tom Brady won without Belichick. Who's actually the greatest? Because this so, looks really good right now but, for Tom Brady's legacy, which I'm all for. But it's gonna be it's gonna be pushed into an either or, and it's already has been. It's already has been pushed into an either or. You're either you're either on the side of defending Bill Belichick or on the side of defending Tom Brady. It's kind of already become that. And I don't think that's going to change anymore unless Bill can get to three more Super Bowls and win them all. And I think then you can say, okay, discussion's over. But I think it's the other way well, around. But why? Well, why? why? Why does he need three more? If Brady just won, I see, this is what I don't get. So Bill has to win three more. Even though Brady just won one, and all of a sudden Brady Brady's the the reason that they were they were so great together. But if Bill goes and wins three more, Bill's not. Now it's, now it's, now it's Bill. Bill's not winning three. More. I, I don't. I don't get. I just don't. I do not get the parameters of any part of this. The this this divorce, as you say, because it makes no sense. It. it I don't understand. Why it has to be with that narrative? It, it, it's a, not a divorce. The team moved in a different direction. They they well they wanted to move in a different direction. They obviously didn't get a quarterback that they thought was worth it. And, and so I I just don't I do not get the argument. Period. Like congratulations, Tom Brady. You went down to Tampa. You're a great leader of men. You you won the Super Bowl. Like why can't it start and end there? That's and I'm I'm kind of with Justin on that. I think it should end, not end there, but I don't think it has to. Like I said, I don't think it has to be this either or because I think at the ultimate, like I said, winning covers blemishes. They won together. They were fantastic together. When you look at that roster that he has, and you re- you you admit that they're gonna have to go through a full rebuild, but that's not just because the quarterback leave. That's because they lost a lot of other talent along the way. I mean, yeah. Tom, the reason Tom Brady ultimately ends ends up leaving is that they didn't have the fu- the funds to go pay and get more talent. That's No. That's one of the reasons Tom Brady leaves. The main reason is that Bill Belichick can't draft offensive weapons for Tom Brady. You realize Bill Belichick hasn't drafted an offensive Pro Bowl since Rob Gronkowski in 2014? I understand that. Okay, so but now it's been so seven years now, and Belichick hasn't drafted an offensive Pro Bowler. So whose fault is that that Brady ended up leaving? Like I said, I, I don't disagree with that. But my point being is just the the t- it ultimately comes back to that, and I, that is on Belichick to an extent. 
But it's just the fact that they were so cash-strapped, they didn't have talent. When there wasn't talent, they didn't have the money to go get talent, and they didn't. They weren't doing great drafting it. But again, who's in charge of all that? I understand that. I understand that. My point being, though, winning covers blemishes, and I think when you're kind of at a point where you have to rebuild, I don't think it's necessarily fair to say that, oh, Tom Brady got the better of this one. But that's how it's already, that's how it's already viewed, though. But I don't it under- shouldn't be. That's my point. It shouldn't be. I know that that's the reality of the situation. It shouldn't be. But that's the reality we live in, though. It's going to be viewed that way. Because now we live in a society where all people care about is who's winning this and who's winning that and who's against who and who's going to get the ASPN documentary when it's all said and done. That's the reality of the world we live in. I'm not saying that I necessarily 100% agree with it either, but Brady looks a lot better today than Belichick does. I still disagree with that, but... Anyway, there's other elements <laughs> of that game that we can talk about. I mean, Tampa Bay was... I don't think was talked about enough in that game on how good their defense was until the game happened. When we sat here last week, and we talked about the keys to the game. I think it was, I said it was going to come down to the best defense. I think, and this was my quote, I mean, not the exact quote, but I think Tampa Bay could match them weapon for weapon offensively. Whoever has the best defense is going to win the game. And Tampa Bay's defense balled. Devin White, that front four, so JPP, Vita Vea. Again, a guy who's been in the league forever, it feels like. Shaq Barrett had a great game. All these guys just balled out, and Antoine Winfield Jr., peace sign to Tyreek, capped it all off. <clears throat> I, The defense was incredible. Pat, I don't, I don't know if the distraction with Britt Reed caused enough of a, a distraction for the Chiefs to not perform. But the Chiefs didn't fire on any cylinder at all. I mean, they got down quick, and they couldn't... You know, that was another talking point of coming into that game was, uh-huh. if the Chiefs get down quick, can they turn it on? Because that's what, you know, Ramsey said all year, is they didn't really turn it on until they had to. What happens if they can't turn it on? And I think that's what we saw, to an extent, too. I think that there was a lack of run game from Kansas City. Because to be Tampa Bay basically ran cover, they ran cover two basically the entire night, a cover two shell. Mm-hmm. So the basic way to beat a cover two is you have to run the defense out of it. And all year, Kansas City really couldn't run the ball. And that kind of goes back to the Kansas City's problem right now. They're so top-heavy. Right. Because I think that there was a lot of people that were doing roster comparisons between Kansas City and Tampa Bay. And one through five or six was basically all Kansas City. And then everybody else was Tampa Bay until about 20. <coughs> so you had Tampa Bay had the better roster. I, I don't think anyone thought, though, that it was going to be Tampa Bay blowing them out. No, I'd agree with that. Justin, any Well, hard to I wholeheartedly agree with you. You're absolutely right. I I didn't. I thought Kansas Kansas City's uh, depth kind of got exposed. The cover two deal that you said Ramsey was. They they just got away from the run, and, and you, you know, and you look at it, and, and Patrick Mahomes, he he should have scrambled for more yards 
on top of it, instead of running backwards and sideways, you looked at it at some some points and been like, what the fuck is he doing? Like, that was the first game that you could have sat there and, and, and watched Patrick Mahomes and said, he looks absolutely lost right now. He looks lost. I, I kind of shunned Patrick Mahomes a little bit earlier and saying that he hasn't played. He's played one he's good played quarter, one good quarter in eight, right? I don't think there's a quarterback in the league that you could have put on that Kansas City team on Sunday that would have made a difference. Like I do. I, I don't. They, they didn't have a run game. I, I don't necessarily think that it was all 100% Patrick Mahomes. I think Andy Reid kind of got out coached by Bruce Arians, which is kind of shocking. Shocking. Like, that's, that should never be a statement anyone ever says. Because I think we can all agree that Andy Reid is one of the better football minds that oh, I've ever doubt, seen. Yeah. Right? So I think Andy Reid got out coached by Tampa Bay in general. And. We kind of run that narrative now that except Patrick Mahomes hasn't played great, but I don't know if there's a quarterback that would have played better. Justin, you said you had one. I would love to hear it. Just just for the pure standpoint of uh, how well they were rushing on the edges and how much they needed to have uh, Mahomes beat beat them with uh, his legs, I would I would say Lamar Jackson would have been the guy that I would have picked just because he would have gashed them. He would have gashed him on the run up the middle. I, I I think wholeheartedly. Now with the arm, that's a different story. We could we can debate that at a different end. But with, with how that game went and and what Kansas City needed, uh, they need you know they needed kind of that prototypical college quarterback to run for 60, 70 yards up the middle. Deshaun to Watson. Where they're going to have to. Yeah, maybe even Deshaun Watson. Yeah, but See, uh, I still don't think that's necessarily the case. That they had the defensive pressure instantly. Like it wasn't like they even Patrick Mahomes even had like time to react to it. He was just kind of going backwards and just hoping for the best running thing. backwards and hoping someone got open. And literally at times throwing it up and hoping just, for the best. It almost yeah. worked out like five times. I mean, he made some of the. There was there's that still picture, and I'm sure you guys have all seen it now of him. Throwing completely horizontal to the ground, and yeah. I he hit his receiver in the face mask. He didn't get any help. Like that's, and I don't. That's why I kind of don't think it would have mattered who you would have even had as a quarterback because Tyreek Hill had a drop, Travis Kelsey had a drop, Sammy Watkins had one reception. You had no run game to speak of. The defense would look like Swiss cheese. So. Like, I don't think there's anything that Kansas City would have done to win that game on Sunday. They could have fixed one of those problems and made it maybe a 10-point game. But that game was, those the, like you were saying, Justin, those two injuries to their tackles were enough. Huge. Just cr- absolutely crippling. crippling. Yeah, the, what Kansas the, City was The game, to do. yeah, the game, basically. All right. Yeah, I, like I said, I, th- I think we could talk about this more. We might even get into this a little bit more next week once there's been a little bit more time to di- digest it. We're going to finish off the show. I know Justin wanted to really hit on this, so we'll kind of use this as what we're rooting for this week. We're going to do a little bit of live-ish, because we're not really actually live when you listen to it. We'll do some live monkey knife fight picks here for you. We'll do a couple contests here for the Daytona 500 coming up. I know... We're going to hit on it quick here. Justin, I know wanted to kind of make it into a 
who do you think is your favorite and who is your dark horse? So we'll each do that around the table here, and then we'll kind of get into our monkey knife fight contest here too. So, Justin, I'll let you start off with it as it was your topic. Yeah, I think uh, this is so exciting. This is the most exciting week in NASCAR. Uh, you know, I, 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 I would think that, you know, there's probably 44 drivers out there right now that would say uh, they would rather win the Daytona 500 than a championship, in, in my estimation. You, you win the Daytona 500, you're etched in, in history. So... Uh, on that, I think my favorite, my favorite is a, a a bit of a surprise for some, and it might be for Ramsey since. Uh, but I'm I'm gonna go with Christopher Bell as my favorite. I like that uh, pick a lot, actually. Yeah, it's good. He's uh, jumping into the twenty car, uh, doing the Joe Gibbs racing this year. Um, just just a a, a great young racer. Um, I think he's destined for big things and, and what a great, great way to announce it himself. And I will go uh, my dark horse for this race is going to be Ross Chastain in the 42 car. Uh, just a great speedway racer, uh, the watermelon man. Uh, I like him in, in speedway races. Uh, I think he's probably destined for, uh, a, a middle of the pack kind of year, middle to the late pack kind of year. I don't think that he makes the playoffs, but uh, he's he he could do some special things on the speedway, and and uh, we'll see, we'll see. I think he he may have something for those boys. So All right, I'm, that's I'll, who I got, I'll, boys. I'll go with my favorite to win. I'm actually gonna go Ryan Blaney, and Ryan Blaney is one of those guys who's really been he's been so close, specifically at Daytona. He's been so close so many times now. And I just kind of think he's due. He had a pretty decent qualifying run. He's looked good. You know, he looked good in the clash last night. I mean, him and Chase ultimately end up wrecking towards the end and gives Kyle Busch the win. But I'm a big fan of his the way it is. I mean, I love my Hendrick guys more. You know, bigger fan of, say, Kyle Larson, Chase Elliott. But I kind of think that's where I would lean as my favorite for, is Ryan Blaney this week. And uh, if I had to pick a dark horse, it's not much of a... I, not a true dark horse, I guess, but I'm kind of thinking Cole Custer's going to make some noise in this race, too. 41. In the 41. Oh. Which I'm That's picking two against. It, it is enough. It's about as much of a dark horse as Ross Chastain. No way. Picking a top three team guy. You're, you're ridiculous with your dark horse pick. Are you kidding me? Ramsey, I hope your pick's a lot better than that. Okay, so... I have the day 2500 odds in front of me. I I would say my favorite that I would throw some scratch on would be Kyle Busch. Okay. I mean, that's not a hot I, take. I think Kyle Busch would be my favorite to win on Sunday. He hasn't won one yet. He's been close a bunch. Now, here's where I would say these are two guys to watch. Both so are these your dark horses? My dark horses. And they are true dark so you horses. Get, wait, you get two dark yep, horses? These are two guys to watch. Okay. Ricky Stenhouse Jr. Don't hate that. Is probably the most underrated restrictor plate racer in the entire series. He is 
can do things with a car that a lot of the other guys cannot, and he makes that thing lean. He lets that car hang out there. Good old dirt racer. That would be my first dark horse, and my second dark horse would be Eric Jones. I don't in hate the that either. Forty-three car. That's a good pick. The forty-three car traditionally in the last few years has run good at Daytona. And Eric Jones has been an excellent restrictor plate racer at Joe Gibbs. He just kind of got the short end of the stick on being the guy who just was on the outs with the team at the time. So you're going to have Eric Jones in the 43 and Ricky Stenhouse Jr. in the 47. I think both of those guys are the dark horses. And my, my pick to win would have to be Kyle Busch. All right. So we'll go from that. And we're going we're gonna to play for some money. We're going to We're going to play with my money on the table here. Ooh. I don't know. So this Ooh, is like our monkey this. knife fights, Daytona 500 contest picks. We're gonna do. We're gonna go through three of these. So as I was mentioning, you can play more or less, and how they do NASCAR. It's based on fantasy points. So your fantasy points, you get <clears throat> 20 points for first place, 19 for second, so forth down to you know as it goes down. So 20. And then, obviously, if you, you kind of finish below that, you don't get any points. But you also get a tenth of a point for each lap led. So keep that in mind. 20 points for oh, first place. Point one for laps led. So the first contest, <laughs> more or less, you got to pick two results here. Ryan Blaney, more or less than 13.5 points. So that would be finishing in eighth place. Be finishing eighth place with no laps led. Or... Finishing in seventh place with no laps led. Eighth with ten. Right. I would like the less on that. Justin? I'll I'll take less. Alright. I'll I'll also go less. I was kinda leaning a little bit higher than that, but I now that you guys say that, we'll go less, we'll play with my money. And then Chase Elliott is also thirteen and a half, more or less. And I'm kind of leaning more on that. I'll go more. I'm going to go on record and say I would take less. Okay. So we'll go two to three on that. So we'll go less Ryan Blaney, more Chase Elliott, 13.5 points. We're going to go low as, you know, just a low buy-in here, $2. It'd be a $5 prize. It's a two and a half multiplier. Nice. So we'll submit that. Then we'll look at the other NASCAR ones here. So there's two other more or less years in that same category. Same point scoring system. Denny Hamlin more or less than 15.5 points. More. More. I'm kind of leaning less because he's, you know, back to back. He's won two in a row now, hasn't he? Is that? Yes. Yeah, he's won two in a row. So to get 15.5, he'd have to finish six or Fifth with no laps led, or sixth with five laps led. I started feel, seventh. I feel pretty confident he's going to drop back to the back of the field like he normally does in the 500 and be there at the end. All right. Mm, yep. you, I'll, I'll go with I, you guys. I feel confident. You guys are playing I, with my money, like I said. So I'll, I'll take your more. Joey Logano, more or less, 14.5. Less. I'm also leaning less gut instinct. Less work. Another two dollar buy in, five dollar prize potential. And then is he splitting then, his money with us, Ramsey? Nope. <coughs> you guys, can, I'm this is for content. We're we're 
playing this. I live. thought this was I thought this was the Roots for Wisconsin account on Monkey Knife Fight. Now, this Isn't is that what you said? This is my money. This you have to use our code though. It's our code. <laughs> it goes to us eventually in the long run. I'll put it that way. Oh, okay. All right. All right. All right. All right. So then the so. last one here would be Brad Keselowski more or less 15.5 or 13.5, excuse me. So what is that? Eighth, eighth place again? Kind of in that eighth place. It'd be seventh place, no lap sled, and then point one. So you can you know you can work your way down per lap led. I would like it's to hard. say more. I think Brad's gonna have a good shot. He's another one of those guys that has been close and not won one. Okay. And who's an excellent restricted plate racer. He's always at the front of the field as long as he doesn't wreck, which he tends to do in the five hundred. Yeah, I think he'll be there at the end. Justin. Yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go more. I think, uh, you know, when those Ford cars, when they re, when they really uh, bully up on the field, there's there's couple, there's two guys, there's two guys that really like to lead them Ford cars up to the front. One's a Penske guy, one's a Stuart Haas guy, and it's that four car and that two car. So, I, I would go. I would go more on that. All right, and then the last one, Kyle Busch, more or less twelve point five. I'm saying more because he's my pick to win. Yeah, I'm also leaning more too on this one. Less. We'll note your I take here, Justin. Uh, we got two, three, so it's another two dollar buy-in. I so hate Kyle Busch. I got six dollars in on the race as of right now. We'll see if I make some more here for the weekend. I really hope that you guys do, and not just the guys I'm talking to on the podcast here, Ramsey and Justin, but also, like I said, use our promo code. Match your dollar entry. And also give you a free $5 game. So even if you put, say, $10 in, they'll give you $5 to play with on the race. You can do one of our contests for free, essentially. And play from there. So, that said, best of luck to you, Justin, this week with the playoffs. By the time this episode comes out, we'll probably have a pretty good idea where you're sitting. And we'll go from there. You'll have to give us an update next week. I'm sure I'll probably tune in the game at some point. What time is the game, and where yeah. can I watch? Friday night, uh, 7 o'clock, we're up in Crandon, Crandon, Wisconsin, and you can watch it on uh, NFHS. It'll cost you a solid $6 to watch, as this is now the tournament series. But, uh, yeah, you can watch it there. Would you not, be able not to gonna sh- be, share a link not on Not going to be a lot of fans because because uh, of all the COVID concerns, but... Uh, it's got a playoff feel nonetheless. Could you share the link on our uh, Facebook page? I sure could. You know, I that? was able to watch Tuesday night game against Kervitz because of my winnings for Monkey Knife Fight. Woo! Oh! So, Monkey Knife Fight paying the bills. Monkey Knife Fight paying the bills so I can support my podcast buddy here. Real quick, real quick. I just want to add one thing. Okay. What was your What was your friend's name that... that that said that was the trainer up in Leona Wabino. That'd be Brianna Verhagen. You can, hey, Brianna, you can still win the prize. Oh, no, I'm not you can still win the prize. You come in strong. Maybe she even remembers that I, I might have told her. I, maybe I told her what what the prize is. She'll have to go back and think. Keep that in mind, Brianna. I'm keeping you in the game. You, you go get it. <laughs> 
And we do respond to our Facebook messages. So I know I don't know which one of you guys did this. I have to ask. My mom likes to message our 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 show page for suggestions, and she was very anti Ramsey and I getting monkey knife fight tattoos. I saw uh, the message and I wasn't going to respond because I responded to her earlier. Which one of you motherfuckers was it? What are you talking about? One of you guys responded to her. I'm glad we, you know we were very responsive to our Facebook crowd. It was not me. And I saw that we responded to the message. That definitely was Ramsey because it wasn't me. <laughs> the look on his face indicates that that was the case. <laughs> All right, that's episode nine in the books. We'll be back again at it next week. Probably another show that's going to suck. But that's Probably what we do at this point. The worst so, podcast ever. Thanks again for listening. Hit that subscribe button. Get the notifications when we release episodes every Friday morning, 6 a.m., bright and early. This is Reaper Wisconsin. We're out. Bye.